The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry with Joe McGill. Good morning, how are you this morning? I'm Joe McGill and you're listening to the Saturday Supplement and I hope I find you well wherever you are listening to us around the world on radiocarry.ie or on the traditional wireless 96 to 98 FM. Where has the summer gone? Well, I suppose we're technically into autumn. Um, now, very kind of strange, very, very hot and then it's wet and it's sticky, but you know what? We're getting on with it. That's the main thing. And I hope I find you well, like I said, wherever you are. We've lots coming on the programme this morning. We'll have our Kerry County Council Creative Kingdom, where we let you know what's going on in the arts world. We'll also um, be talking about a few things that are taking place for Heritage Week, which is in the door to us. Um, some wonderful um, uh, artefacts and uh, objects we'll be talking about as part of Heritage Week. One such thing was an engine that pumped water for the steam trains that used to go along the uh, railway line from Glenbe heading towards Cahar uh, Saivin. And there was a steep gradient there, so in order to tackle that, you'd have to take on a lot of water so it could be converted to steam. And we're going to be talking to Billy Spring, who has restored uh, this engine and it's going to be on display for Heritage Week. So I'm um, very much looking forward to that. So we've lots happening, like I said, on the programme, but it is uh, time now, at a different time of the month, it should be said, because usually this man is on the first Saturday of the month, but we had to move things around with our very special All-Ireland special. And now we have Dominic Walsh for our monthly In Focus Photography slot. Dominic, how are you? How are you getting on? I'm fine, Joe. I'm fine. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners from Wexford, where I am for a couple of days. I've started the Rosa Tralee tour and we're starting the Wexford tour in the East Coast and making our way down to Tralee next week for the festival down there on that. So it's great to see you and it's great to see you in the Kerry jersey. You know, I think we both had the same idea today that, you know, we said we'd go because our ladies are playing tomorrow and we're all set to go and we're rooting for them. Yeah. And they're hoping everything goes well, and it's a good game, and it's a safe game, and nobody gets hurt. Yeah, and the county is behind you, and I love the jersey that Dominic has. It's kind of, I'd say, the one, you know, around the time of the 97, 98, maybe heading into the noughties kind of a jersey, is it? It is, but it's not that old now. You know, please yeah. don't think I, I keep stuff in the mud balls <laughs> inside in the old uh, cupboard there. Like, and, uh, it's in no, good condition. It is compared to the amount of times I'd wear because anytime I've been up there, I've been walking. And as I've said in the, in the special there, we had I can't take sides, but I could wear it underneath the clothes all right, like that, you know. But it's nice. Look, it's good because, as I say, I think the whole county's out to support the ladies. It's great to see the colour around, and um, it's, it's just great to see it all. I'm up in Wexford here at the moment, and when I set up a couple of shots yesterday um, for the, the roses, we have the Carla Rose, who is a ref. And I have the Dublin Rose, who was in a jersey, and I have the Kerry Rose, who was in a jersey, and we just did a bit of fun acting to create a picture for today's newspaper. So that was my time up here. Yeah, because Rose season is a busy time for you, isn't it? 
It is a busy time. I actually closed my office for the month of August, the whole month, and I go working with the Rose of Tralee then, uh, touring the country, archiving work for them, taking care of editors within Ireland, taking care of editors around Europe and the rest of the world. Every place that there's a Rose Centre in the world, we syndicate out images there for their local media to use and to highlight what's going on. Excellent. Now, as always, as you know at home, Dominic brings in his photos uh, that he has taken, uh, his choice of photos that he's taken uh, during the month, and also he brings his archive photo, and we look at your photos that you sent in to us, and this year's theme was Life is for Living. But first to Dominic's photos, and uh, Dominic, because, I suppose, for the game that's in it tomorrow, you brought along a Kerry Ladies football snap, and there is Chief Roche, captain, and this was in the quarterfinal against Mead, and she's kind of mid-air, and you can see She's getting a fairly hefty tackle there, but Schaefer is holding on to the ball regardless. Great snap. It is a great snap like that, John. And for people that are interested in sport, like like the points, remember, get down low, as low as you can to take a shot. It always works out better. And this is action during the ladies. And you know something? There's no let-up when you go to a match and the ladies are playing. You might think it's a bit slow or anything like that. They're as fast and as agile as the men, and they're jumping and like and they're tackling in like you see Schiffen she's got the ball there she's holding it up close to her chest she's airbound and the ladies coming to tackle her from this side and the one thing I love about football ladies football whether it's camogie or whatever like that the long hair tends to add movement to a picture and it kind of just says oh she's in the air the hair is flying all over the place like that you know but it's just lovely to see it and see the action is there and the strength and so you can see the water being kicked up in the boot behind. It was a very, very wet evening on that. For people, um, I had to slow down the shutter speed. I'm normally up about 2,000, 2,500 doing uh, sports games. I've gone way down to 250. My ISO is 2,500. That's the amount of light that the camera can take. And I'm taking it. And I've got uh, my focus is autofocus on sport mode. In other words, I pick a distance maybe from maybe 20 metres to infinity and I focus within that field only. So anything that comes closer than 20 metres, my camera won't focus it. It's just a kind of a way of cheating the lens to stop the lens from, for, from focusing on the whole field from zero to infinity. So I you know I'm using it from about 20 metres to infinity. Yeah, it's a wonderful uh, photo and I always love when you bring in the sports uh, photos and it shows the, you know, the athleticism of these players um, as well. Now, the other photo that you brought in is um, really like this one as well. It's uh, Clarny uh, Races and it's Ladies' Day, I presume, and uh, the wonderful setting that is Clarny Races and when you see the setting in the background. But there's two ladies here and they're having a right old chat and a laugh as well but my god the style uh, unbelievable um, ladies day like that I'd say the style on, 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 on show is absolutely remarkable I would imagine this is unbelievable <clears throat> this was the, the ladies day um, and gents day may I add in Killarney races uh, just past um, two weeks or just over two weeks ago there and that and I was brought in to cover the event as a PR photographer and to make images out of it and anytime you see ladies day and I'm very guilty with myself the ladies are posed and it's head to toe and they're looking into the camera and you can see the dresses and the hats or the fascinators and whatever they are looking into the camera there's a specific reason for doing that type of photography because everybody wants to see 
the fascinator or the hat they're wearing. They want to see the dress. They want to see gloves if they're wearing gloves. They want to see the length of the dress. Is it a short dress or a long dress? They want to look down. Are they wearing tights and no tights? Are they wearing shoes, low, flats or high heels? Is the shoes, are the shoes going with the dress? No, the shoes haven't gone with the dress. I don't think they go with the dress. It's unbelievable, ladies, they, the amount of scrutiny that they get from other ladies looking in. So there's always a very specific way of shooting it. But what I did was I had photographed these ladies already, the normal way that I do it, to get their full attire in. But I just said, ladies, thank you very much now, and I let you chat away for a moment. And I walked away. And when I looked around, they were actually chatting. Now, the lady um, on the left is Mary Stapleton Foley from Tralee, and the lady on the right is Carol Kennelly from Tralee on that. And they're both sporting lovely... Um, one is a hat and one's a fascinator. I'm not too sure on the hat fascinator thing myself, Joan, how all that works. But the ladies are just... Fascinating, don't it? It is. Fa- oh, just something. Boom, boom. Joe has just <laughs> delivered a joke, listeners. We all have to laugh for that. Fair play to you, Joe. On that. But yeah, they're just enjoying li- <laughs> they're just enjoying life and having a chat on it, you know. And a thing to remember there, it just worked very well because the light was good and people don't realise it. There was a fish um sun that day it was very warm, but the sun is actually coming down and hitting the lady on the left, it's hitting her race card and it's reflecting the light back up underneath her hat, so her face is well lit. And it just shows you don't realise it. It's a reflector, which I didn't even know when I was taking the shot, was actually working as a brilliant reflector. Yeah. And do they know you're taking their photo there? Are you, like, trying to catch them as natural as you can? Well, I thought, now, in all fairness, now, I did tell them, I'd, I'd taken the picture, and I did tell them, look, ladies, have a chat there and walk away, look. And, and, and yeah. I was just walking away. And I did tell them, through, and they were chatting and things like that, and they were going. But then I just happened to stand there, and as they were chatting... It just made a great picture and I lifted the camera and took it then. I was going to set up a different shot and actually get them looking and chatting and kind of more interaction with the camera. But actually, while I was waiting for the setup to come, this is how they were. Yeah, wonderful. Great photo again. And uh, these, um, it is race season at the moment, which is great. List all races are coming up. The Galway races were on there. Never been to the Galway races myself, but there's a great atmosphere at these. And it's not just, I suppose, about the sport itself. It's everything that goes on around it and what it does for the area as well. Yes, oh, I think it is. I, it's absolutely me. And so I think Killarney course, out of all the courses, is very unique. Like you're in National Park, you can see the mountains, like like the the trees and the beauty of the air around. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's a nice intimate course. It's not a big, huge, massive course with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This is a lovely intimate course where you can go and have a nice, comfortable day and enjoy it and and feel free to walk around the crowds there. Excellent. We're going to go to a break, and after that, Dominic is going to be looking at your photos that you've sent in to us. The theme was Life is for Living, and we got some great snaps. They're up on the Radio Kerry website. You can go over to them there to the In Focus podcast section, and uh, there you'll find all the photos we'll be talking about this morning. We're going to take a break. We'll have more after these. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. 
Also, I hope you're enjoying the programme. This is our monthly in-focus photography slot with Dominic Walsh. And now we're going to look at your photos that you sent in to us at jmcgill at radiocarry.ie. You have to send them before midday, Wednesday, before the first Saturday of the month. And if you can as well, some people are sending kind of file transfer, kind of website links and things like that. If you just attach it to the email, it just makes it easier for us if you can, because we uh, mightn't download them till after that Wednesday then and some of the links expire um, people that's in the mill will know what I'm talking about uh, there now Dominic we got a great range of photos so let's get to them because we've quite a number took this picture on my phone last October it was a quick snap but when I looked at it I realised how good it was the sun was reflecting off the water and lighting the arches of the bridge the old Weir Bridge Killarney such a lovely country but not as nice as the people and that comes in from Brian not in Kerry at the moment and Brian's in this enduring or actual in focus slot so I don't know his surname but Brian what a wonderful photo you've sent into us there of the bridge and um, sometimes when the water is that bit uh, I suppose livelier Dominic you get a great snap as well you do like 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 the, there's two arches in the bridge and he's correct he's like me he didn't realize that he had a reflector in his hand or let's say close to hand and the sun was hitting the water and reflecting underneath the bridge to light up the arches underneath they're normally pure black or very dark and that so the water's come through rushing and bubbling around there's great activity to it and it just works as a lovely picture i wouldn't change a thing a minute i just it's a nice clean good picture it's, as i say it's one for the wall Hi Joe and Dominic, my first picture was the day the cows were let out, they were so happy. My second one was taken in USA, made me smile. My third is definitely what makes life worth living for me, seeing a beautiful sunset. That comes in from Ita Hannon in Bale and that is, I suppose, uh, that is sums up the theme very much there Dominic and that's a real country thing when the cows are left out for the first time, the way they go absolutely nuts and they could be the quietest, calmest cows but they just jump into the air with delight and the sunset again, life is for living. It is actually, and you can see like the cattle and they're jumping around there and they're silhouetted into the background, it's lovely. And she's cropped up nicely, it's an upright, so it's a tall image, nice that, and it works out well. The tree, the tree picture, people should go onto the, your Facebook page or Radio Kerry and have a look at this. This is absolutely lovely. It's a tree and the bark and I think um, kind of carved, not carved on, but it's probably placed on it is... Um, probably a wax or a wax worker or something that's placed onto the side of the tree and it's got some uh, a character with the tongue hanging out it's great it looks lovely that really looks well it brought a smile to my face this morning and where can you go sunsets I absolutely love the sunsets it's great I wouldn't change anything about it the sky is lovely and the reflect on the water reflection it's absolutely fantastic Fisherman on Kylemore Beach at the mouth of the Shannon James Nealon in Causeway and he's caught them kind of casually um, they're trying to sort something out with a, a hook or a rod and they're walking um, around there. Again, a nice, a nice few snaps from James. James, <coughs> lovely set of images actually. They're quite nice. Now, the one thing I find about the colour is a little bit bland, you know, and the reason I say it's a bit bland, they're there's there's a, probably the sun wasn't out they were in shade and they're a little bit flat to colors they're lovely images like that but i think myself if they were swapped over to black and white they would absolutely be magnificent images because black and white seems to enhance images a lot they're lovely and i like the 
the scenario that they're bending down, looking into a bucket or looking at a hook and, you know, we're kind of seeing, wondering what they're doing. And when you get pictures like that and you see pictures and you're looking and you say, I wonder what are they doing? So it's a great picture. And tell us something, it's nice to be out and about walking and capturing pictures like this. Always have your camera with you. Life is for living as Margaret Egan with her dog Poppy are enjoying a lovely July afternoon at Tralee Town Park, Moss Joe Brown. And I love Moss Joe Brown. He doesn't get these posed photos. Um, This lady uh, is pointing off at something and the dog is looking at her as if to say, come on, do mind you resting, let's get going. And uh, it's a great little photo. It's a great little picture. Actually, Moss came up and introduced himself to me to the hurling final <coughs> there recently. He said, oh, oh Dominic, really? how are you doing? Yeah, he did. Yeah. A gentleman, an absolute gentleman like that, you know. And, uh, and I love Moss's style. You know, I absolutely love his style. Going around, he takes pictures like candid pictures. And just something, I just think, is when you capture images like that, it just captures a time and an image. You freeze time and you get the character and you tend to look into people a lot more. Whereas a lot of my pictures, as I was saying earlier, are tend to be paused and looking into the camera and people go into camera mode. Whereas these pictures, people are just sitting there relaxing and enjoying life. Yeah, and that is what the theme is. Life is for living. Hello, Joe. Some photos from Des O'Carroll for July's Life is for Living. Um, Nora, after finishing drawing bale silage. Jess, the cat, chillaxing. Six of the cats after feeding. There is one underneath you can't see correctly. So that's a bit of a where's Wally kind of a one. Oh, right, I see it there. Geez, the cats, they really like each other's company, don't they? They're comfortable out. And um, uh, wonderful photo there sitting on the bales of round bales we used to love doing that jumping from bale to bale when we were younger that's it like that's a lovely picture of the young lady in the bales but what i would do is i'd probably go in a little bit tighter on it it, it would just work tighter as an image and as i say to people if you're taking pictures of let's say objects or subjects or people like that they're either in as a subject or they're kind of in the distance as a subject when is they're halfway and halfway out it's a little bit difficult to work on it like that, you know, and that. So maybe you should be doing a portrait, go a little bit closer to that young lady, and it would make a great picture. The cats are lovely. I love them. They're all nice and that, you know, and that. We've inherited a cat at the moment. The cat is just coming around and seems to have moved, not moved in, but trying to take us up and likes to be fed and things like that and come around to say hello. So they're a great set of pictures. Yeah, hello Joe, another cat photo Whitey the Cat by Nora O'Carroll in Causeway and the cat is just relaxing out there um, Is there anything you would do with those photos or anything you'd do differently? Well, um, what, Joe, what I would do there now is I'd probably like like that that photo of the cat the cat has almost got it like as if it's got its paw on its hip as if it's posing so I probably would have gone a little bit closer and the thing about it is, as I say always watch the horizons the, the way I say horizons, because everybody can relate to a horizon. Looking out at a sunset, you see the horizon, and there's a line where the water meets, meets the sky. It's very important when you're taking pictures that you straighten them up and level them and go in nice and get a nice clean picture on that. Now, it's not that you're trying to change in any way. You're just trying to make it a little bit more presentable. But they're nice pictures, do you know? On that, don't be afraid to get in, get down, and move in close. Agnes is also always a great supporter of the programme. Home is where the heart is. Each season follows the next. There would be no flowers if we had no rain. And that comes in from Agnes. Agnes has a beautiful view, hasn't she, from her garden? She has. My God, to be looking out over that. She's looking out and uh, she's got flowers. She's got foliage. She's got the sea. She's got mountains. and She's got the sky like that. You know, It's absolutely brilliant. It's a great colour. And again, she's cropped it nicely. And it could be one for the wall on that, you know. And the cat, 
We're back yeah, to another cat week, from Agnes. Yeah, another cat. Meet my cat, Pixie. She agrees, that's right. she agrees with me that life is for living. And that's a close-up that you were talking about earlier. That's it. And it just gives a complete different... You know, you're actually looking into the eyes, and they say when you look into the eyes, you can see, look, see into the soul like that. The window know? to the soul, the yeah. window to the soul. So it's nice and close, and it's a very dark-coloured cat. And she's got a nice little bit of window light, or there's light coming in from the side. So it's a nice, clean picture to work in. And don't be worried if you cut out the ears a little bit or cut out the paws a little bit. It's all about the face of the cat is what you're looking into. Very good. Well, we're going to look at more of your photos, and our theme is Life is for Living. And if you want to send your photos for next month, you send them to jmcgill at radiocarry.ie before midday, before the first Saturday of the month. We're going to take a break. We'll have more with Dominic after these. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill. On Radio Kerry. This is the Saturday Supplement, and we have our monthly in focus photography slot. Usually it's the first Saturday of the month, but we moved it there um, last month because of the build up to the All Ireland final. Hi, Joe and Dominic. Love the show. This is my picture for the show. Big boots to fill. Thanks, Nora Nelligan. I love this photo, Dominic. It's a pair of adult Wellington boots and then a pair of children's boots next to them not ski boots now Dominic farming boots oh god yeah you're absolutely again he's at it listeners about skiing you know and I'll get him skiing eventually I will and he'll absolutely love it shoop shoop I'll be there at the slopes with you (laughs) look Nora this is an amazing picture this is a picture that if you intend to buy a birthday card or, or something for granddad or nana or something like that from a from a grandchild something like that this is the picture that tells the story it's got two big wellies on that and they're well used, you know, on that and they're, they're standing there and beside you've got these tiny, tiny little wellies belong to a child. It's a great picture. I absolutely love it. And you know something, I'm on about horizons and backgrounds and little things. I would just leave this picture there. Rules are made to be broken in photography and this is a perfect picture. It's absolutely lovely. Yeah, well done. And that's kind of that thinky outside the box kind of style as well. Now, these are very professional, I think, from Margaret O'Shea. Hello, Joe and Dominic. This month, I've included photos taken at various locations. The first is of Ronan O'Snodig and Liam O'Mainly, taken some years ago at the Bowron Festival in Milltown Hall. They are truly magical. The second shows a happy, relaxed driver in his vintage car driving from uh, Ballyfinan towards Firey's. And the final photo shows a windsurfing class at the Maharees on a nice day. Thanks again, Margaret O'Shea. And these are all um, unique, exceptional photos, all in their own right. The vintage car is beautiful. The the musicians playing there is just absolutely brilliant with that huge boron, the biggest boron I've ever seen. And then the windsurfers as well, all in a perfect line. It's lovely. And the, the, the thing about Mar, what you've done, uh, we ask people to send in three images and we try and ask them just to, to vary them as possible. Like these are three unique images. Like um, playing the baron, it's lovely. It's cropped in nice and tight and it exactly portrays what the photographer wanted to see. In other words, you've got the guys in nice and close. You've got them both playing the baron. They're both looking at the baron, at, at their sticks, and they're, they're flicking there, so they're, they're engrossed what they see. It's a lovely picture, so you don't always need too much in the picture, nice and tight. As for the car, Ballyfinan, I think that's to do with the... the didn't the they hill break climb. some driving hill, records? Yeah, that was the hill, the, the hill climb, yeah. So they that's were, right, um, so that's, that's from... I missed that, actually. I'd love to have seen yeah. that event. I was hoping to go to it, but I missed it. That was a great event there on that. And as for the wind sufferers, 
I was windsurfing an awful, awful lot myself in my times gone by. It's a great hobby and a great sport. And it's great to be outside there, getting exercise on the water. And it's absolutely lovely. Yeah, it's just, uh, I didn't realise you're such an outdoor active person. You're like a Tralee James Bond, Dominic, to all these activities you get up to. You're a thrill seeker, I'd say. I'm a thrill seeker. If I had the suit now, you know, and the dicky bow, and I just arrived in like that, you know, wouldn't I look the part? <laughs> Walsh, Dominic Walsh. So, uh, attached are my three photos for this month. First two were taken at the recent Traveller Pride event. Life is for living in the past and in the future. The third is a group enjoying life by going surfing. And that comes in from Siobhan O'Connor. And that is the fortune teller. You can see the crystal ball. But all we see is hands. And I'm a big fan of taking photos of hands. And the next one, the tinsmith, is just a wonderful one. It shows the tools that are being used in the little hammer to get things right. And then we have the uh, surfers about to go out into the ocean. These are great um, photos, Dominic. They're great pictures. Look, <coughs> look at that the Traveller Pride event. It's fantastic. I mean, like, didn't they um, use, wouldn't they, iron workers? And I see one of the pictures there. They was fixed things many years ago. Tinsmiths, like yeah. Tinsmiths. They're unbelievable, you know, like arts and crafts and talents to have, you know, I'd love to know that, that they're actually being handed down to the next generation because it's unbelievable and I'm obsessed with hands back to the hands, I love hands, it's just in nice and close like that, it's a lovely picture you can see a little bit of the dress and you can see the little bracelet there with the cross on it, it's a lovely picture like that, you know, and the hands at work there used to be a great programme on television many, many years ago, I think it was called Hands, where it was the yes. people that were working on tin and copper and blacksmiths and wood carvers and that so it's great it's absolutely great to see it and that's a lovely angle that they've shot this at they could have shot it straight in and you probably wouldn't have seen as much but they've gone to an angle they've photographed it kind of let's say almost three quarters of the way on the full circle looking into this almost the side not the full side of it looking across and it just shows you can see the full metal work there you see the handle the hands little um, hammer that he's holding between his fingers and little toolbox behind a great great set of pictures yeah and a beautiful toolbox it's beautifully decorated as well just shows the craftsmanship in that as well so yeah. it's absolutely brilliant I love the way you actually don't see the people themselves um, the crystal ball you can almost see something happening inside in the crystal ball as well which is is, is, is wonderful um, our final photo hi Joan Dominic life is for living for the people travelling on the cruise ship passing by Tarbert Pier coming from Finesport and I should say this is our second last set of photos this is Brendan Kassan that is some cruise ship they really are like traveling cities aren't they these cruise ships that's an impressive photo there at fines uh, at tarbot pier coming from Finesport. it's great actually i've yet to get a cruise liner coming whether it be to dingle or to fines or anything like that i've yet to capture one like that i'd love to capture one that's an amazing vessel look at the size of it you can see the houses behind it and they're just dwarfed played these things some of these could be 20 25 stories high these ships like that you know you wonder how they stay afloat at all but it's great to see them and it's great to see them coming up there and like and again all down to the angle all down to the angle there makes it a nice pitch like that you know the picture is going forward and she shot it uh, the boat people might like to know like that you know it's kind of there's a light bow wave and it's going nice and slowly along coming up and there's a complete side view on it then on the port side of the ship which is the left inside of the ship actually our port like how ships work the left inside is the port and the right inside is the starboard but it's as you're looking forward in other words facing the bow of the ship so the left mightn't be 
where you think it is all the time. So that's how they distinguish the left and right starboard and port. But great set of pictures. Very good. And our final set of uh, photos comes in from Noel O'Neill. Here's a selection of images that reflect to me the theme for July. And the theme was Life is for Living. First one is descending from Mount Brandon on New Year's Day 2023, looking out on the three sisters and the sleeping giant in the distance. The second photo, my grandson Dara enjoying himself at Dingle Playground. And the third one, enjoying the solitude at Sauce Creek, Brandon County, Kerry as the sun begins to set. There's, there, these are three wonderful photos. The scenery there, um, I'd love to take an all walk up there myself because it's absolutely stunning looking out um, from Mount Brandon. And the grandson Dara is just a very clever photo through, you know, one of those, I don't know, the circular tunnels the kids crawl through, they're like pipes and uh, he's looking out there it's beautiful and the black and white then in the final photo is excellent as well oh, the, <coughs> great setup there's actually one colour and two black and whites there yep. the landscapes are brilliant so when you see what we have in Kerry and as I say to the people sending pictures it's not just the people in Kerry that are looking at these pictures they're seen all over the world there's people Radio Kerry listeners around the world and they're looking and I think there's nothing like getting the local person there on the ground that goes down and sends in a picture to us because that's what I love seeing on that. You know, the mountain coming down. Like, that's a fair old walk coming down there. It's a fantastic walk. Sauce Creek, I've gone in there many, many times by boat. It's absolutely a beautiful place to go to and it's a lovely walk around there. And you can, the, when you're on that kind of inside in Sauce Creek, the sound is amplified, whether it be the waves crashing against the rocks or the birds or no, even if you let out a big loud roar it goes and it comes back to you after a while on that and I think the child in the playground is a lovely composition you've got a square format he's changed the format they're normally rectangular but he's changed the format to square and you've got a round circle inside in that and you've got the young child inside the, the grandchild there inside it. great set of pictures very interesting lovely to look at them and I wouldn't change anything about them yeah, that photo of the grandchild is one they'll have forever, which is beautiful, and it's a great gift from a grandfather to a grandson as well. Um, so, photo... First, we'll go for a humour photo, Dominic. What have you gone for? The humour photograph has to be the tongue sticking out from the tree. Um, Ida Hannan took that. It's a great picture. And just something, when I looked at it, I kind of, it just brought a smile to my face. And that's what I do when I look at pictures for people like that. Something that attracts my mind and just makes me smile. It's lovely to see it like that when he's looking at somebody. Yeah, well done, Aita. And then your photo of the month. Our photo of the month has to go to the person that took the picture of the bridge in Killarney on that. Underneath, that had the reflectors coming up. We've only got a first name, Brian, who is not in Kerry at the moment. But Brian, (laughs) thank you very much. You are the winner and it is a great picture. I love it. Excellent. And... uh, uh, well done to everyone that sent in these wonderful photos because Dominic it means a lot to get such a, an overwhelming amount of photos uh, every month and then you know the theme is always important as well so what's the theme for next month the theme for next month listeners please send in the pictures we do not not look at any of the images we look at every picture we look through them we talk about them and we have a little bit of a discussion and we put them up on the website so we do look at them and we value the pictures coming in so please keep sending them in but our theme for next month is my great escape now it can be anything it can be your house it could be a bedroom it could be getting outside the house it could be getting to a location it could be getting down taking pictures of anything just places you like going to and you like taking pictures of and that's what it's about. So it's my great escape. That's correct, yes. 
Brilliant. What a great theme. So email them to jmcgill at radiocarry.ie. And remember, you can email them before the Wednesday, before the first Saturday of the month. And that's midday Wednesday before the first Saturday of the month. And also, maximum of three photos. You can send one two or three photos it's up to you uh, but no more than that so we want quality not quantity that's what we're looking for so that is your theme and once again um, before we forget it before we forget in this slot we want to wish the Kerry ladies all the best and hopefully they'll be all Ireland winners by the time the weekend is out it's a real exciting time Dominic in the county I kind of exactly building up to all Ireland's it's, it's but like we've two All Irelands, like in a fair play to, to, to our, our men, like, like they've got to the All Ireland and they played in the game like that, and that is a great feat in itself. So we have the ladies tomorrow. Our fingers are crossed. I won't bet the game myself. I'm working here in Wexford like that, you know, but I will be listening and I will be trying to watch it. So fair play to him, to Darren, Declan, and everybody in the team. All the best. Now, as we just can I just mention one very quick thing here, Joe? I know that, like, and I, I'm kind of changing. The, the, yes, Dominic, Joe, of course. This is your slot. This is my <laughs> listeners. Joe and I, we, we discuss the whole way we're running the show. And as I tell people, it's like a pizza. And Joe kind of puts me in the, the awkward spot somewhere. And with the pizza we have, we have our quarters. And, that, and so one section might be last. But Joe tends to play games with me. And he tends to take that and he puts it up to the first piece. And I'm kind of rooting around with papers and things like that. And I'm very confused on that. But see, I'm changing a little bit this week now, Joe, on that. Because he's looking at me now, listeners, I can see him. And he's waving his eyes. His eyes are looking up at him. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. But Joe, we've mentioned all Ireland's on that. Yes. We've mentioned two all Ireland's. We've had there on that. But you're a very modest person. You're an all Ireland winner yourself, from what I hear, like that, you know. <laughs> and like you've brought an all Ireland medal to South Kerry, or like, is this not true, or is that you're not telling us about it or anything like that? No, it's true, all right, Dominic. An all Ireland gold, absolutely delighted. Uh, aged my beer in a, a whiskey cast that I got from another great Kerry company, Liberator Whiskey, um, Wayward Irish Spirits, and we aged our Imperial Stout and that over the winter, in the, the depths of the winter below in South Kerry, and it's ended up uh, getting a gold uh, uh, for barrel-aged beer and also for flavoured beer. So we go on to the Worlds then, Dominic. So you know what? I might be skiing yet if we win the Worlds. I'll be over there. I'll be over there in the Alps with you. We'll see how the other half lives. But no, it's brilliant. It's very exciting. It's great for the the area as well um, to to be an award winning brewery. Though, so uh, absolutely delighted. You'll have to come down and take a few photos of a stomach. <laughs> I have to go and take a picture of your award and fair play to you. And I'm sorry for changing the itinerary that you had so precisely made out for me to work on through like that, you know. So, but all Ireland's, it's great. It's great to have and fair play to you. Look, and it's on ways and upwards. And I'm delighted for you and your 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 company down there. Well, thanks, million. I'm going to take control back now because we're going to go to break. And after that, we're going to be looking at Dominic's archive. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. This is our monthly In Focus slot with Dominic Walsh. And uh, Dominic is still with me. And every month, and I really look forward to this, Dominic brings in his archive photo. And uh, I'm delighted to say the archive photo he chose for us. This one is a good one because it is, I suppose, that time of year, Dominic. Roses set to make a splash. I'm very interested to know how you took this photo because it actually shows... You're actually in the photo for once, which we rarely see. You're inside in the water and you're up to your oxters in the water and you're there taking your photo. The roses are also up to their waist 
in the photo and they're splashing the water into the air. No one gives a tuppenny about destroying themselves or getting all wet. They're all in it to make this wonderful photo. How did the photo turn out? It must have been amazing, was it? Well, the photograph was actually amazing. It was great to see it. It's probably very similar to what you see there on that. But as I say, festival week is coming up now very shortly like that. You know, we have the town um, entertainment and we have the, the weekend coming up as well. And it's time for people to get out with their camera and take loads of pictures of loads of things happening, whether it's hurdy-gurdies or street parades or whatever. It's a great time to be out there because you'll be very surprised pictures can happen. Now, the reason I've picked out this particular picture is because when I was trying to pull out my picture during the week and I was thinking, I, and I was saying, I'd like to go what's current. That's why I've gone for the ladies. And that's why I've gone for the Rose Tree picture. But this was a unique picture, and you were correct. I did not take this picture. I think we might have spoken this a long time ago. I probably might have uh, spoken about it like that, Joe, but people get a great kick out of it uh, when I talk about it. I had given a spare camera to another photographer on the day, a colleague of mine, Eric Hennington, a friend of mine, uh, who'd never taken pictures before. Really? At all. And I said, just point and shoot. I set up the camera here for him. I said, just point and shoot. Whatever happens, I said, shoot away. I said, take as many pictures as you want. It took a lot now in the meantime, but uh, we did get one. So we disarranged ladies out to finish, dresses and sashes and hair done and everything like that. And we were trying to get something out and trying to do a little bit. And the ladies were tired. And I said, let's, I need a chance to go into the water. Into the water they went. So they're in the water. I'm in the water. I'm taking a picture, which is absolutely fantastic. And we have three or four more locations to go to on that. And the thing about it is, you know yourself, when you go into the water, for, especially for the ladies' side of it, it is cold and you're freezing and, you know then you kind of get used to it and then you start jumping around and then you start uh, splashing each other and everybody's joyful and laughing things like that you know so that was a great picture so put on the dry suit which I had in the car off and I went delighted myself getting ready to take the pictures and as I was just getting ready to take the picture I felt this dribble coming into my suit <laughs> there's a waterproof zip on the suit which goes from the top right and shoulder down to the left hip and you pull it all the way down. But the trick is when you pull it down, you have to pause and give it a little pull to get it into that little slot there. So the shot is me taking pictures of the ladies, the water gushing into my wetsuit <laughs> and we just had to go along to shoot and take the pictures on that. So when I came out, I was like the Mitch Lane coming out with two big legs full of water coming out, pants, shoes, clothes, all wet like that. So I was like the ladies and they got a great kick out of it as well like that. But see again, it's just, it's thinking outside the box and just planning something a little bit different. Now it's very hard to get something different all the time. As I was saying, my different shot I took yesterday was to get the Carlo Rose in a reps outfit and to get the, the Kerry lady and the Dublin lady in and a ball and working with them. So for today's papers like that, you know. So it's all about just trying to create a little bit of story and going along and making sure when my picture pops up on an editor's grid, he looks at it for more than two seconds and said, that's a picture I want to keep. Yeah. And is that something you have to come up with yourself, trying to come up with all these ideas as you go along? Or do people suggest ideas to you? Or how does that work? Um, well, we... Now, normally I'd have ideas myself, but what I tend to do with a lot of my ideas, we tend to brainstorm with a lot of people. 
on that. Like during the week now, we've been meeting with RT discussing their photo shoot in Dublin next Tuesday, where you're going to have Dahi and Captain Thomas at the launch up there. So it's going to be unusual for us as photographers because it's not one presenter now, it's two presenters we're going to have to work on. And we've been talking during the week with ideas and props and where we're going to shoot it and the way we're going to interact, Captain, with Dahi, the way we're going to interact with the roses. So there is a lot. But you come up with these ideas. It's like we've given a theme for this month, uh, My Great Escape. It's not that we want somebody to come back with a picture of a cat escaping from a cage and running free or anything like that, you know. What it does is it gives you a theme and it puts your mind into thinking mode. It could, it, we could give a person any, let's say, theme any month. And the main reason that we give teams and we talk about a particular team is we're hashing and we're throwing out ideas for people to think about. And you'd be very surprised. You might get loads of ideas and you might come up with a very individual idea yourself that you just, you thought of it out of the blue. But what happens is you're being prompted in a lot of other ways and that creates ideas then as well. Yeah, and that's why I suppose uh, there's a lot of creativity when you're uh, being a photographer as well. So that, that it's not just, like you say about earlier, about pointing and shooting. You need to kind of think a lot more before you point and shoot. Oh, you do. You have to think a lot on that. And like, even like even going out that day and photographers are spoken to me about this image, you're out in the water with your camera gear and your flash and your lens and you've nothing to protect in case you fall in the water. So as I'm there and I'm taking the picture and I'm looking through my lens, I'm watching where the water is going. And even as you see it, the water, I, I would speak to people. I always tell them, go up with the water. Don't go forward towards me when you're actually the water. So when they're splashing, they're literally, you can see by their hands, they were cupping the water underneath and they were throwing their hands into the air and they were bringing the water up with it. So it doesn't tend to throw the water forward into the lens. So you've got to think about all of that. You've got to think about where the girls are and the depth of the water on that. And you've also got to think about it. You've only got about five, maybe six minutes from once they get into the water to when you have to get them out because they're not like swimmers they don't spend a lot of time in the water and the water is cold let's face like it's not the warmest place like at the moment now i think we're we're 14 maybe 16 degrees celsius in the water this is taken earlier in the year like that could be between 9 and 11 degrees celsius and that is quite cold in the water so you've got to be aware of all these things and also i would have a crew behind me standing on the shore and they would be watching what's going on and they would know that if anything was on toward, if anything was happening, that they could go and help anybody if anything happened. Excellent, Dominic. We better let you get at it because it is the busiest time of the year or one of the busiest times of the year for you. Enjoy the roses and everything that goes with it and enjoy the build-up and the occasion itself. And uh, our theme again is My Great Escape. So you can email them to jmcgill at radiocarry.ie. Dominic, thanks a million for coming on with us this morning. Thank you, Joe, for having me, and thank your listeners for tuning in. And sorry I could be in studio today, as I'm awake today, but it is great. And again, best of luck to our ladies. Thank you very much. Khan Kerry, Kiri Abu. Now we're going to take a break and uh, for the news. And after that, I'll join you in the next hour. We'll have our Kerry County Council Creative Kingdom, and we will also be looking at our Heritage Week events. So I'll join you again in the next hour. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. Now, so we're into the second hour of the Saturday Supplement, and I hope you're enjoying the programme so far. Just a quick mention to my brother, Neely, who got married yesterday. 
to his now wife, Geraldine. So I want to wish them all the best for health and happiness long into the future. Now, we're coming up to Heritage Week, which is on from the 12th to the 20th of August. And National Heritage Week celebrates Ireland's cultural, built and natural heritage. And this year's team invites you to explore the traditions and practices, knowledge and skills passed down through generations. And there's lots of events taking place throughout the country and also indeed in this county. And we're just going to talk about a few of them this morning. The Friends of Waterville Cable Station, they're hosting a very unique event, Object.R-Dash, telling the story of Waterville Cable Station in 10 objects. It's taking place on the 19th of August from 3 to 4pm in Tech Armagan in Waterville. And I spoke with Dorothy Rudd of the Friends of Waterville Cable Station during the week about this event. Dorothy, thanks a million for uh, coming on and talking to me this morning. You're doing something very unique for Heritage Week. Tell us what have you got going on, ye friends of Waterville Cable Station? <laughs> well, we try and do something a little bit different every year. Mm. Um, but this year we have done something we've never tried before in that we have picked 10 objects and um, we're going to pick... Um, well, one of them will be a people's choice. Mm-hmm. So we hope that anyone um, can get involved by um, either going to the exhibition in Tech Amergen and saying, oh, that's what I really love or, you know, really speaks to me about the cable station. So any little suggestions can go into the donation box, which is there in the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, or other than that, they can get in touch with, um, on our web, on our, sorry, on our Facebook page, Friends of Waterville Cable Station. Um, and uh, a couple of months ago, I uh, gave a talk actually to the pupils of St. Finian's School and they were fascinated by the whole thing but there was one object in particular that they liked so that is going to be one of the objects as well and what was Um, that ah well (laughs) you don't want to give away too much i don't want to give away too much uh it's it's quite large and certainly very unique yeah and <laughs> so these come along yeah and, and these out. are all objects that you would have had you have on display anyway but it's uh, 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 yeah uh, most sorry most of them are on display mm. um but you know we're still getting donations actually it's it's funny people come to Waterville, you know, and they had an uncle or a, well, a grandfather or whatever, and, oh, we found this. And um, we've had a couple of books actually donated, uh, which we have not had on display before. Um, And one or two sort of quirky items as well. So um, we're hoping it will be, you know, something a little bit different and perhaps, perhaps lighter than usual because we have in the past, you know, focused on the wars and the effects um, that, you know, what happened uh, with the cables during the war and Mm. things like that. So, but this is a lighter um, talk this time and um, we hope it'll be enjoyable um, for everybody, really. It's family friendly, you could say. Yeah. Um, Not for very young children, obviously, but, you know, um, as I said, the primary school children really enjoyed it. 
yeah. Um, I think anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the the idea of the objects, I suppose, is a great one because it's a bit like show and tell, and you can tell the story of it then, and it kind of prompts a memory, and it'll prompt uh, a bit of nostalgia about the place as well. Your own connection with the um, cable station, uh, Dorothy. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it began with my father um, who, when he joined the company way back in 1911, mm-hmm. and because um, he came from Kent in England, and he joined the company and was trained in in London as most of the men were at that stage, and he was transferred over here then, and he arrived in 1912, and uh, he basically never left. Um, he met my mother who was a local girl and um, they got married and uh, he loved it here he um, you know he just never wanted to to leave and he um, rose through the ranks and became superintendent and he was superintendent for about 15 16 years yeah and um, so and then my brother also joined the company uh, and he um had a more interesting life, if you like, because he served overseas and he was in the Azores for six years and he did a couple of stints on um, two of the um, cable repair ships as well mm. before he finally settled down in Waterville. And he ended up as the last superintendent here and then he took um, transfer to London when we closed down here. Mm. What, he, what year um, was that that they closed? It closed here in 62, mm. um, but he was still here till 64 because he got the job of disposing of all the houses and the buildings and, you know, mm. finishing up, basically. And then and, he went to London, yeah. And the remnants of that are still very much there, like the architecture and those, a lot of those buildings are, are still there, aren't they, Dorothy? Like, it's oh, very much part uh, of I the village. Yes, I think uh, everything is there really, except the um, recreation hall was demolished. Mm. Um, and, um, well, there was a bachelor's quarters as well, but that was demolished, oh, I think about 1923. Mm. And speaking of 1923, actually, that's a, something else we're sort of remarking on this year, because in 1923, which of course is 100 years now, mm. Um, the final cable was landed here um, into um, the Golf Links Beach. Okay. Um, it was known as the Giant Cable. Right. Um, this was way ahead, ahead of its time, you know, with technology. It was the cutting edge and um, was bigger and better than any other cable that had been, um, you know, had had occurred before that, so... Mm. We're celebrating that this year as well, and that's why it was called. That's why it was be, it was called the Giants Cable, is it? Because it was yes. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, the 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 cable station when it was at its pomp or at, at its height, like mm. how significant was it in the, the village and in the area at that time? Oh, it was very significant. Mm. Um, no doubt about that. I mean, because you had well, there were twenty seven family houses in the cable station. So uh, at the peak, you would have had, you know, 27 families living there. So you could imagine the, um, you know, I mean, they had to do their shopping. Um, The children went to the local school, mostly. Um, The churches benefited. Uh, The company was very keen to um, uh, 
you know, support anything local. So with regard to the churches, in fact, um, you know, they would have given annual donations both to the Catholic Church and to the Church of Ireland. Mm. Um, things like that, you know. So, um, oh, it made a, a significant difference to the village when the company closed down. No mm. doubt about that. Yeah. Um, why is it so important to you and, I suppose, your daughter? Amy does a lot of work in the in this as well. Why she is does it? Indeed. Yeah. Why is it so important? Do you think when we're talking about Heritage Week to preserve this heritage in particular? Well, I mean, Waterville, when the company came to Waterville, that was 1884, uh, fishing and, well, particularly fishing and also shooting, um, you know, was already well established here. And there were three inns, as they were known then, already in the village. But the company's arrival then certainly added, I suppose, a more permanent year-round um, economic boost mm. to the village mm-hmm. um, well I don't know I mean personally I, I have a sort of a, a crusade in this Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Amy certainly has as well uh, but it's not just her I mean we we, we, <laughs> we get the whole family involved in one way or another they all do their little bit mm. and um, you know we have very few really um, families now that were involved in the company yeah. still alive I have to say mm. um, when we started off which was uh, 1999 um, was when the Friends of Waterville Cable Station were founded mm. and then we had quite a little handful of past uh, employees still with us yeah but um, unfortunately, over the years, they've all passed on. Mm. Um, so, and this is why I think it's important, you know, the objects as well, because like when yes. I was talking to the the, the Kingdom Vintage uh, Car Club, their cars are going to be outliving their owners, and it's like the objects will will live on as well. But it's the stories yeah, behind absolutely. the objects that need to be told as well and preserved as well. And for someone, I'd imagine as a little girl, you were running your own the cable station, you know, the <laughs> the, the factory floor probably or whatever the, the the word is for it. So you you yeah. you you have a real understanding of of what went on then. Well, yes. Oh, I mean, it was very much part of my life. Mm. Uh, no doubt about that. And I mean, you know, we were, um, it, well, we knew that the, if anything went wrong with the cable, you know, your dad was gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, whether it was your birthday or Christmas Day or whatever, uh, the cables operated round the clock every day of the year. There was no day off. Yeah. So, um and like when my dad was superintendent um, you know as I said if anything went wrong well he was there he had to be on hand and and that was it but um, yeah mind you as regards going into the office itself um, children were tended to be shooed out <laughs> we weren't allowed wander willy-nilly. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Very important work going on. And there's a very important exhibition going on the 19th of August between 3 and 4pm, the Story of Waterville Cable Station exhibition, Tech Armrigan, uh, Further Education and Training Centre, Waterville. So um, can people, uh, do they have to get their tickets beforehand or they can can they come along um, or how does that work? Well, they can come along, but it would be nice to know, um, you Who's know, coming, yeah. if, if people were coming, they can 
can get in touch with us on the Facebook page, I suppose, is about the best thing to do. Very good. Um, yeah, and it's all free. Yes. And plenty of parking at the tech. Yeah, and there's an Eventbrite link as well. I see that. And there's a link on the Heritage Week website as well. So it's, it's oh, all there. Oh, there is. Yes, yeah. yes. We always get mentioned on that. Yeah. yeah, excellent. And then as well, if you want to make your suggestion as well, the people's choice. So you can just um, submit that in Tech Armagan itself. Yes, indeed, yes. Yeah, excellent. Um, Dorothy, sounds brilliant, and I must commend uh, the work you do at Friends of Waterford Cable Station. It's so important. So well done on that, and uh, have a great uh, weekend next weekend as well. Thank you very much, Joe. Dorothy Rudd there. Now, after the break, we're going to be talking about a unique engine that has been restored to its former glory that helped in the railway line at Glimbe. You're listening to The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. Now, I mentioned before the break that Heritage Week is on from the 12th to 20th of August. There's some wonderful events in this county. And one such event is taking place at the Red Fox the Bog Village in uh, just outside Glimbe next Saturday. And uh, the event is hosted by Glimbe Tidy Towns and Community Council. And it's a display of an engine that was used to pump the water for the steam trains on the railway line at Glenbe. And I spoke to Billy Spring, who's restored this amazing engine. Billy, congratulations on this wonderful restoration work. So firstly, tell us what is or was the Hornsby oil engine? What, what was its, its function? Its function was to uh, supply water to Glenbe railway station for, for the steam trains. Back in the days, uh, it was installed in 1923 and it worked for 34 years, roughly, up to the 1960s or thereabout. And uh, it supplied all the water as they needed the water uh, for the steam engine to, to climb the gradient to take them to Kells and on down into Carsevine and Renard. Okay. And how did the those trains work, the steam engine trains? So they, they needed water, they'd converted to steam and that had powered them, is it? Kind of, how did Correct. that work? Yeah. It, it, the, 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 there was, there's a water tower in, in the station and they took on the, the water it was gravity fed into the tender the boiler tender and to store there and as the train used the steam the water was introduced to the boiler and uh, that, that's what actually powered them as well as coal of course to, to heat the boiler and they, they, they proceeded along at a, at a pace uh, uh, along the, that beautiful um, uh, countryside up over uh, Dingle Bay all the way back and it, there was a pull there there was a, a gradient there so th- they were under pressure so they needed that water they needed a lot of water to take on to get them over the get them over the hill yeah so it worked uh, it worked until they introduced the diesels then in the, around the 1960s so it became this this plant became redundant then okay so it's amazing to think that they, they 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 would stop so and have to take on the water for oh, the yes. time. Yeah. Yes. You 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 took on your passengers and you took on the water. Okay. As well as coal, depending on 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 the capacity of the of of the of the tender, the tender c- carried coal and and water for the boiler. So. Um, that 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 was the system, and it worked. It was a very e- e- efficient system. It, uh, it was pre-diesels. Pre, it it was a system in Ireland and a system in England as well of, of steam, steam propulsion. 
Yeah, and the coal yeah. would be the, the that it provide the heat and to, to do the conversion. Um, tell to us, do the conversion. yeah, tell us then how did it come into your uh, your your your, uh, your world? How did you come about it? Yeah, well, I I have an interest in in, in uh, stationary engines as we called them. Yeah, and uh, I was informed in 1990 that this this plant existed. Mm-hmm. and it was in very derelict state so I approached the owner he was a Mr. Charles Bradford he's deceased now and passed on but it was on his property he had bought the property from the Great Southern Western Railways oh right and uh, uh, the pump house was there but it was derelict as well as the engine the, the roof was gone off it and that and uh, it just lay there and uh, I, I made a deal with him and I bought it and uh, I said I'll, I'll put this thing going at some stage and it took me about three years to get it up and running again you know Whoa. and uh, we, we we worked away beavered away at it passionately <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we got there and uh, it's just to, 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 to it's a hundred years old this year and I'd like to just get it up and running and put it running in Glenbev and for something for the, that community to have yeah. uh, the, the pump unit was very derelict as well, but I retrieved the the gear and that's mounted in um, that's mounted in Vinbe. I mounted that on a frame and uh, John Hulhan, a local uh, man back there, was very helpful to me that to get it mounted and it's mounted there opposite Sheehan's um, supermarket in Glenbay. Uh, it's a bit of a, a steampunk um, artifact and it's it's there on 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 a little plinth there uh, yeah. behind. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that so, a few times actually passing. Yeah, it's in a great spot that, there that actually. The original, that, yeah. yeah, that was the original pump gear. That's what the engine drove. Uh, so I was doing COVID and I, I, I was at a loose end and I said, I'll, I'll mount that up. And I got on, John was very helpful. I got on to him and he, he, he organized to, to get it mounted up, and, and which was very, very, very nice. Mm. Actually, something something back there, as, as, as the as the... The, the greenware's progressing away it's nice to see a few of the artefacts going back around there that's, that's yeah, nice yeah it's completely it, yeah. linking the old with the, the, the new and it's such an important Absolutely. part of that heritage I'm just trying to think there though you know the spare parts I don't think there's something you could come by uh, readily no. so so is that why it takes so long to, you know, to yes, kind of get yeah, it done yes to manufacture yeah. a lot of those yeah a, a lot of the, the, the main fittings on the engine were, were gone were broken off or disappeared you know they were gone probably into the river alongside the river was flowing right alongside where the pump was installed so I suppose kids going in and knocking pieces off it as a bit of fun you know mm. whatever but it, it didn't matter because I, I, back in the day there was a good few collectors and they had pieces I was able to get and I was able to manufacture a lot of the stuff and I was very lucky really I got it up and going and running mm. the amazing uh, thing as well I noticed about a lot of these kind of artefacts and the old way they, they did things there was a real craftsmanship involved oh, in building them and even the branding on them and all that is it the same with this? oh absolutely yeah. it's Victorian engineering uh, it's a 1912 design of an oil engine so the original engine was made in the 1890s and they they just improved on it they did you know, and uh, it's Victorian engineering as such. Mm. Even though it was sold in 1923, it was such a dependable, dependable piece of equipment that, that it lasted the term. Like you know, very dependable, bulletproof. Uh, 
you know, made to last for hundreds of years, really. Yeah. <laughs> if you could, uh, yeah. And obviously, it is a hundred years old now. Like so, it's 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 uh, something that's tell, tell them really, hasn't it? It has, yeah. But you've brought it back to life, which is absolutely amazing as well. And this is what Heritage Week is about. Like we're talking about objects on the program this morning that have outlived those that have created them but the story goes on and that's what's important and you'll be telling that story tell us where you're going to put it on exhibition and when it'll be in uh, in the Red Fox Inn on the 19th of uh, of August very good and uh, so from sometime in the morning time lunchtime, we'll, we'll have it running we'll run it there for the day and let people have a look at it and see what it's about and it'll entertain some people and hopefully those people locally can remember it working because there would have been a, a a distinct shuff out of this as it worked and kids going to school and all the people like myself would remember it possibly from 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 back then it would it would have made a very distinct sound mm. as it pumped the water to the village and to the to the to the to the station really yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, um, and would, a, a, yeah, yeah, and I suppose a great place to display it in the the Heritage Bog Village as well. A lot of heritage going on there as well. This is hosted by Glimbay Tidy Towns as well, so it's wonderful that the Glimbay community are part uh, of this as oh, well. Oh yeah, I'd say you're looking forward to it, are you, Billy? I am looking forward to it. Yeah, it's just nice to get it back there where it where it was installed back in the day. Uh, you know, and. Uh, Something to return there, you know, to to, to yeah, to be nice to, to see it running in Glen again and that the people around can have a view of it and you know, it's a part part of part of its heritage really, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Billy, well done, congratulations and uh, a lot of tireless hours we did to this, I can imagine <laughs> and and try to you know, you're obviously a detective as well, trying to find parts and but I suppose that's the, the beauty of it too. It's more the journey maybe than the destination as well is important. But uh I Best of luck and congratulations and uh, well done and uh, I hope a big crowd show uh, uh, turn up to see it. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, Billy Spring there. Now after the break, we'll have our Kerry County Council Creative Kingdom. You're listening to the Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. You're listening to the Saturday Supplement. It is the second Saturday of the month, so that means it's time for our Kerry County Council Creative Kingdom, where we tell you what's going on in the arts world around the county. We've very special guests lined up for you this morning, but before we get to them, let's talk, as always, to Arts Officer with Kerry County Council, Kate Kennelly. Kate, how are you doing? I'm very well, Joe, and good morning to your listeners, and welcome back to another Creative Kingdom. Joe, I was speaking to some people last month and it was lovely. They were saying they tune in specially to hear all the arts and creativity that's happening around the county. So delighted to hear that people are enjoying the slot, Joe. Brilliant. So what have you been up to, Kit? Well, we've been really busy, Joe. As you know, we finished up with Croonanog and uh, planning straight in then for Culture Night, which will be coming up on Friday, the 22nd of September. And Hannah, uh, who's the Assistant Arts Officer, has been leading on that but the public in Kerry, the creative sector, the artists have been really, really busy. And we've at the moment, we have over 25 events confirmed for Culture Night. Um, all the details will be available this coming week, actually, because the national launch is happening this coming week. And uh, it'll be on the Culture Night website and it'll also be on our social media at Kerry Co Arts. So there's lovely things happening. We have 
many, many art events, um, things you can participate in as well, workshops and so on. There's going to be crafting, there's going to be folk workshops, there's exhibitions, there's historical talks, there's demonstrations, there's concerts, there's poetry readings, storytelling and even a circus show. So there'll be loads for Culture Night again, Joe, and it's all free. Uh, So we'd encourage your listeners to come out and enjoy it. It's from 4pm right up to midnight. Excellent. Well, I mentioned we have some very special guests. Let's get to those now. We've Deirdre Johnson of Music Generation Kerry. Deirdre, how are you? Good, thanks, Joe, and thanks so much for having me on the show t- this morning. So, what have you been up to? Well, Joe, um, we've had a really busy summer. Um, we've been doing a lot of performing. We've got a lot of performing groups, and they're getting out there and doing performances. Two of our busiest groups are the Tralee Band Project and the Kerry Young Strings Ensemble. So they um, performed at the Food Festival. Um, we were all over the Food Festival. Um, we've had workshops running in Crinion and Oak, and the String Ensemble are just back from an amazing four-day residential in um, County Louth up in Dundalk Grammar School. So that project, and I'm really keen to tell you about that project, um, is called Chord Connections, and it's um, an amalgamation of Music Generation Louth, Music Generation Kerry, and the Irish Chamber Orchestra, which is an amazing partner to have. We've received funding from Music Generation Ireland and the Arts Council to run a massive three-phase project, and the first phase was just this summer. So there's a beautiful concert up on the Music Generation Kerry website, and I'd love if people would go and have a look at the 36 young people who performed. It was amazing. Yeah, wow. And uh, what's what's the, in the pipeline um, over the next while for you? Well, um, the string ensembles, junior and senior, and the band project are going to be a major presence at this year's Felis Briadrolli. Um, we're looking forward to concerts at the Island of Geese, and we get to perform in the main stage as well. So the kids are so excited. We've been doing lots of rehearsals, and there's going to be a super group as well of musicians who are going to perform. We've got a very exciting set, um, so we are super excited about that. Yeah, what a venue that is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really exciting, but they have they've had a summer camp and they've they've gotten themselves all ready. And actually, that really band project. We're running another session next year for our younger participants. So I hope that parents listening might um, just get an idea to follow the Facebook page and send me a message. Um, we'd love to see some younger learners. So the band project at the moment is twelve plus. We're looking at the 8 to 12 um, cohort. Any aspiring rock stars out there in the county, they don't need to play already. They can come in completely new. That's fine. We'll help them learn their instruments and we'll provide instruments as well for people who want to learn. So, you know, it's very exciting. That's fantastic, isn't it, Kate, you know, that you have access to the instruments because that sometimes can be a barrier to entry there. It really is, Joe. And I mean, Deirdre has done phenomenal work. There's uh, Deirdre, you could be telling now how many thousand children are involved with Music Generation and have been, uh, it's been growing every year. But as you say, Joe, instruments are very important. And through Music Generation Kerry, there has been um, an instrument bank purchased and it's uh, hosted in the Kerry Library Service. And the library are so helpful with that um, because there's a lot of work in cataloguing and, you know, just managing bookings and so on. And on that, I know Deirdre has, has mentioned it earlier on the month, uh, or last month, I should say, on Radio Kerry, but we have a bit of a call out, but I might let Deirdre go through that with you. Yeah. For back, instruments. Back yeah. to you, Deirdre, call out. 
Okay, so I'm absolutely delighted to be working with Kerry County Council, the Environment Department particularly, and Kerry Libraries, who are endlessly helpful, um, as Kate mentioned, and you know we'd never be able to do our instrument loaning and instrument rental without them. But we're asking people who have portable instruments in any condition. You know, you might think it's broken, but we would look at it a different way. Um, we're looking at my musicians are updating, restringing, all that kind of thing. So if you have an instrument to donate, just pop along to your local library. It's very easy. Listol, Carisavine, Trilly or Killarney. And somebody will take the instrument and we will mind it and we will provide it on loan to youngsters throughout the county. My mother is actually Mary Johnson. I'll give her a little um, call out. She's donating a beautiful harp. Whoa. But, you know, even little things. It doesn't have to be a big, impressive thing. Just something small, a ukulele, even a bit of an instrument, um, a, a bench or a music stand. If you have anything cluttering up the house, you know, this is a great time to get it down to your library to um, loan out to children across the county. That's fantastic altogether to hear that because, like, the instrument has a life of its own then as well and it continues on um, to That's other right. people and the younger generation. Where can people go for more information on Music Generation Kerry Dedra? Well, I would recommend that people follow Music Generation Kerry on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also email me, derja.johnson at kerryetb.ie. Um, and I am managed, led and managed by Kerry ETB. So if you go onto the Kerry ETB website, you can access me there too. But I'm very contactable on socials. And can I also just add, shortly we're going to be advertising for musician educators to join our team. We're always looking for new people. So if there's musicians out there in the county who have two years or so, we're not hugely strict, but some teaching experience, we'd love to hear from you. Keep an eye on Kerry's eye. Thank you. Uh, and just to say, Joe, because I had said how important Music Generation Kerry is for children and young people, but um, equally it provides so many opportunities for musicians that want to be involved in Kerry. Um, and it is a good support, you know, for career development. And Deirdre also runs um, professional development programs uh, for the musicians as part of that. So uh, anyone at all, you know, whatever level you're at in music, like Music Generation Kerry should really be your first point of contact if possible. Brilliant. Deirdre, thanks a million for joining us and best of luck with the projects. Thanks so much, Joe and Kate. Now let's head towards Listowel and we have Cara Trant on the line from uh, Kerry Writers Museum who's going to tell us all about the Listowel International Storytelling Festival. Cara, are you looking forward to it and when is this on? Uh, good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely looking forward to it. This is the fifth year of the festival and it'll be on from September 14th to the 17th. So just before Listowel races, so anyone that may be planning to come to the races, Come on a few days later and enjoy a full packed weekend of storytelling events. Excellent. I know you can't go through everything, Cara, but give us the highlights. Well, for us this year, we're kind of, we're focusing on the Kerry tradition. We are blessed in this county. We have, I suppose, some of the finest storytellers in Ireland in the county, and we're very much focusing on that. We have invited guests, our special international guest this year is Maria Buckley-Watton from Liverpool. Um, Maria was actually she voted Britain's best female storyteller in 2013 and she appeared with us during COVID on one of our online sessions. So Maria will be featured throughout the weekend. I suppose in terms of highlights, um, we are running a series of late sessions starting Thursday night with the fantastic Brian Murphy from Causeway. Um, where Brian is, has a huge fan base, growing fan base, not just in Kerry and beyond. And then uh, 
Friday night we'll feature our own Sonny Egan with uh, Maria Gillen from Cork and Patsy McDermott from County Cavan. Patsy is a regular visitor to Listowel and we're delighted to welcome him back. And then Saturday night uh, we have Francis Kennedy with Maria, as I mentioned, Maria uh, Buckley-Watton and Pat McAuliffe from County Limerick. So they're kind of our three late night events, the late sessions as we're calling them. But we also have loads of events during the day as well. Story walks, uh, pub trails, lunchtime theatre, workshops, a bus tour, uh, and loads of children's events. Yeah, yeah. So, and just some of, the, some of the characters you mentioned there, Cara, there won't be any shortage mm. of laughs going away after it. Anyway, I'd say you'd be in good uh, form after going along to it. Absolutely not, uh, Joe. I like that's what we want. We want it's it's all about fun and enjoyment and hearing stories. And I suppose for us, storytelling is a broad church. So we'll be bringing in like spoken word, poetry, uh, theatre. Um, we um, actually the fantastic local historian Tom Dillon is doing a talk on uh, Kerry folklore, which will be um, quite interesting, I think, and enjoyable. So yeah, so there's a whole pile of different music sessions. God, I can't. I'm trying to. Pack it all in. Yeah, it's a, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Where can people go for more information? And just remind us of the dates again. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the, the dates again are September 14th to the 17th, Thursday to Sunday. And the programme will go live on our website this week, www.perrywritersmuseum.com. But also follow our Instagram and Facebook page where we'll be sending regular updates or posting regular updates on on, on all the various events that's hap- that are happening. And will it be a ticketed event or can they go along and buy on the night or, what, or the day well, or whatever? Well, you can buy tickets um, uh, in advance online through our website, but we will have tickets on the night as well, you know. So, uh, yeah, so it's a mixture of both. Yeah, brilliant, Cara. Best of luck with it. It sounds fantastic. And well done for organising another wonderful event because there's a lot of work that goes into that, so you should be commended. So thanks, Cara. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. And now let's go to uh, the Listowel. We'll stay in Listowel and let's talk to Louise Lynch. And uh, Louise is going to tell us all about the Listowel Visual Artist Collective. Uh, Louise, you're very welcome. What's this all about? Thanks a million, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, my name is Louise Lynch, and I'm a visual artist and creator. I live in Snowig, just outside Listowel. I work from home. My classes are taught in St. John's, in the Kerry Writers Museum, and also in Sheehan's Thatch College in Snowig. That's where I'm based. And I also facilitate workshops and curate exhibitions. So I work primarily alone, and at times it can be isolating, especially when you're not from a place originally. Um, it can be very hard to find your tribe and I really value the importance of community and support and so from this the idea of the Listowel Visual Artists Collective was born. Excellent and go into a bit more detail then of, of what kind of form it takes Louise. Okay so I would like to create a space where artists of all abilities, disciplines and experiences can come together to encourage and support each other, share ideas, collaborate and create. And I'm very fortunate that two remarkable women, Cara from the Kerry Writers Museum and Maura Loeb from St. John's Theatre and Arts Centre support this project. We hope to shape a year-round visual arts programme that include exhibitions, workshops and a variety of collaborative and community-based projects. So Louise, just tell us about yourself and, uh, you know, I suppose your own background and also what it means to be involved in such a project. Okay, um, my own background, I suppose I studied fine art in Crawford College of Art and Design in Cork many a moon ago and then I went on to study business and marketing which is what I worked in for the last 20 years but during Covid I found myself 
at home with two very young children and we spent all day doing arts and crafts which was always a part of my life but it was very much in the background and it was at that point um, that a friend said you know why aren't you doing this for a living and that's where Little Artist Listole came from I suppose Whoa. and ever since then I have been working and teaching children of all ages. I worked last year with the Kerry Parents and Friends Association in Listole and it was a wonderful experience. I helped to curate an exhibition in St. John's and it's through this that I got to know Maura and then also Cara in the Kerry Writers Museum. Uh, if people want more information on the, the, the project and if they want to contact you, how do they go about it? Yeah, so you can contact us through our socials. Uh, the Listole Visual Artists Collective is on Facebook and Instagram and we'll also be posting regular updates through the Kerry Writers Museum and St. John's Theatre and Arts Centre. Um, I would encourage all visual artists and creatives to check us out and get involved because I, I foresee great things for the group in the future. Brilliant, Louise. Well, we wish you all the best to look with it and thanks a million for coming on and telling us all about this wonderful project. Thanks a million, Joe. Thanks for having me. Now we're going to go to break. We'll have more with Kate Kennelly after these. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. Now, I hope you're enjoying the programme so far. Arts Officer with Kerry County Council, Kate Kennelly, is still with us. Kate, Creative Ireland, what's going on in that wonderful sphere? Creative Ireland, Joe, has been extremely busy too. So um, for your listeners that maybe aren't familiar with, uh, for the Arts Office in Kerry County Council, um, we would have a remit for the whole county for supporting arts development and I suppose for the strategic planning. Um, and uh, again, just trying to support across very many layers in the county from um, amateur community voluntary right up to professional. Um, and we would be supported through the Arts Council. Um, traditionally, the Arts Council actually initiated the whole Arts Officer Programme nationally the same way I suppose recently Creative Ireland have now um, brought in a creative uh, communities engagement officer so our person is due to start this week Joe we're all excited we'll have a new person in the arts team but uh, with regard to the programme this year we've already delivered on Croon and Oak which was hugely successful and I must thank my team in the office on that and uh, the Creative Ireland office nationally are great as well and they're they're very very supportive and again you know the minister is fully behind it so it's great to have the, the support that comes through to financial support as well Joe uh, and that we can disseminate that across the county. So this year in particular, um, I suppose Creative Ireland have um, supported us to support so many different projects. So we have um, a number of events across our projects across the county and they're all underway at the moment. Um, one of them, there is a lovely um, biosphere project and uh, there's a, a call out at the moment on that and that's all on our website. Uh, there is a lovely uh, bog and peatland project that's underway. Uh, Architecture Kerry will be coming up. Um, there's been some lovely projects with, with the older people, but also we're seeing a lot more focus on climate action and climate awareness which is really interesting but all those details Joe are available on creativeireland.ie on the national website but really interesting I think I just mentioned to you when we last spoke that uh, the Arts Office had supported Kokushta Gaeltacht Ivrahig and their Arts Council Creative Places um, uh, application and uh, Alina Gaeltacht are involved, Udaros, uh, SKDP and Aikshna Bridoiga. Um, so there's been great local support and um, the application was successful and secured 325000 for a three-year project. And the aim of the project, Joe, is very much to bring local artists together with community groups and 
and community development agencies and looking at constructing a real coordinated arts infrastructure that will support the long-term development. Um, and it's not just arts and, and creativity, Joe. That, in turn, is community and its quality yeah. of life. So that's where we're all looking to do. Um, and obviously, it, it, it's rooted and anchored in the Gaeltacht. So um, the Irish language aspect is Anahawktuk, um, but it also extends beyond the Gaeltacht as well. Um, but the Gaeltacht heritage is, is key to it. So that, that there'll be a lot happening. That'll be kicking off now at the end of September, Joe. Um, and there'll be loads happening there. And I suppose at the moment then, just to let you know as well, our Kerry short film bursary was awarded uh, to writer-director Donald Neen from Kerry and uh, James Kelly as well. And their film is called Save the Last Dance. And uh, it's uh, the first year that a film documentary has won the bursary so it's documentary and every other year it has been more drama so this is interesting we look forward to seeing it and um, again the aim of the bursary as you know is to foster local talent and to encourage filmmaking in the county and I'd really like to thank Siobhan O'Sullivan from Screen Kerry who has administered it for us and is always so supportive and she liaises with the crew and makes sure you know they have all the support they can get through the ETB as well through that fabulous film TV and uh, digital media course they have up in Mona Valley but also the Arts Council co-funded with Kerry County Council. So it's very much, you know, um, a group effort, I suppose, yeah. but to, to congratulate the recipients. Yeah, it's brilliant. I remember you announcing that bursary. It's great to see it come to fruition now already, which is fantastic. And I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, film, Doc, Save the Last Dance. That'll be brilliant. Um, yeah, what else is going on, Kid? No, um, what else is going on is, very, very, I suppose, under Creative Ireland then as well, just um, there's a, a project happening in uh, the Kinmare Livestock Mart um, that might be of interest to your listeners. Uh, so Hungry Hill, it's a non-fiction, full-length feature film uh, directed by Kerry filmmaker Mika Van Mechelen, who you know, you've met Mika yeah. before. Inside in the Mart. Inside in the Mart. No. Yeah, oh, that's a unique venue. But I suppose like marts are like yeah. amphitheatres, aren't they? When you think about it. Oh, sure, absolutely. But also the film Hungry Hill, it, it explores the lives of sheep farmers yeah. um, on the Beira Peninsula, which is challenging enough terrain, as you know. I mean, stunningly beautiful, um, but challenging. So there'll be a panel discussion and question and answers afterwards. And that's going to be chaired by um, Dan McCarthy, who's an auctioneer and manager at Kinmare um, Co-op. So that's really interesting. Um, and the director and farmer, Connie Doyle. And of course, Meek will be there as well. And tickets are just for five euro and they're available uh, from Kinmare Mart um, and also from Fierce Quiet Films at tickettailor.com. And the event is uh, funded through the Creative Ireland Kerry Community Scheme. And it's also going to be taking place, I suppose, in partnership with the Kerry International Film Festival. And as you know, Joe, they're, they're a great team at the Kerry Film Festival and they're great for supporting local film and screening local film in the county, which is hugely important. So um, there's loads of bits. And if that doesn't um, catch your attention... Well, it caught my attention, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say we'll be booking two seats down there, Joe. I tell you, in a fiver is all, jeez, it's a bargain. Yeah, yeah, this is it, yeah. Um, so Spree Kiri then with Tim O'Shea and friends, uh, they're doing free traditional music, song and dance and storytelling, and that's on um, tonight. And it's also on the 26th of August at 8pm in St. Mary's Church of Ireland in Killarney. And it's on at the 19th of August at 2pm at Killarney House. And again, these are free concerts, Joe, really good quality music and suitable for all ages. And of course, we had mentioned Chamber Music in Valencia and that kicks off on the 17th of August. Where did that month go? Um, and the full programme is on uh, chambermusiconvalencia.com. So um, plenty happening, Joe. And then tearing into Culture Night, 
and more importantly that I'm looking for a bit of work here from your listeners uh, we are still consulting for our art strategy and to shape it moving forward I very much want um, your listeners feedback as well so Joe we had a deadline in July for our questionnaire and uh, it, was, it was quite funny the last week loads of emails coming in have I missed the deadline can I still submit so we're actually extending the deadline because Excellent. look it's, it, it, it's, there, there isn't a hard and fast deadline here in that look if people are passionate and want to give their opinion and you know we really value people's input because you know we don't always see the wood for the trees I suppose so I'd, I'd really like to hear back from people and uh, you know everyone has their own opinion and we're, we're very much looking to shape this as a, as a county arts plan that really serves uh, not only the artists and the arts festivals and venues but also the communities across the county so um, the questionnaire is still there it's on our social media and on our, our website um, arts um, at kerrycoco.ie um, so please just feel free to, to contact us and I suppose we're doing some um, uh, public meetings as well Joe we had an online meeting as you know and really really well uh, back there at late June but we're going to do some sessions now in libraries across the county through the end of August into early September. Myself and Hannah will be going to a number of the libraries and covering sessions there. So if anyone wants to meet us one-to-one, just to email into arts, A-R-T-S at kerrycoco.ie and we're more than happy to meet up and uh, discuss people's ideas. And we hope to have a fabulous strategy ready for you then, Joe, by the end of the year. <laughs> for Ex- you and the whole county. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward to it and uh, we'll, we'll uh, give it plenty of time as well when that comes up because that'll be exciting to talk about where can people go very quickly for more information on all the things we discussed this morning perfect so on facebook and twitter and on instagram it's at kerry Arts, but also our website is arts.kerrycoco.ie and they can all also email joe just to arts at kerrycoco.ie or give us a call 066 718 3541 uh, myself and the team are always delighted to hear from people so uh yeah, enjoy the arts for the rest of the summer to all your listeners. Yeah, very very well said. And again, well done to all the work you do there, Kate, because uh, some fantastic events that make the summer here in Kerry. But for now, we look forward to speaking to you next month. Thanks, Joe. That's all we have time for this morning on the programme. My thanks to Abigail Bernard, who was on sound. Francis is on the way, so keep it here on Radio Kerry. And I'll be back again next Saturday morning from 9am. Until then, look after yourself and take care.